should you be following the ketogenic diet? Is it the diet we've all been waiting for? Is it appropriate for you? That's what we're talking about in the show. I'm sharing with you what I like, what I don't like, my own personal experience of eating ketogenic diet, and all the juicy details of who should do this and who should not. Welcome to The Good Goddess Show, a weekly podcast for women who are fed up, are feeling bloated, and tired. I'm your host, Kezia Hall, holistic nutritionist and all-around health geek. Let's dive in to the show. So today we are talking about the ketogenic diet and should you be keto? Should we all be keto? Should we all start the ketogenic diet? That's what we're looking at today and it's juicy. I am sharing with you what I like about it, what I don't like about it, my experience of following a ketogenic diet, which I did for just under a year. Oh no, but you didn't know that. Uh, and what it did for me. I'm going to talk about it. I'm talking about it all. So it's going to be fun. I love talking about these juicy, juicy things. And I'm also talking about what it is. If you listen to this podcast, I'm like, I have no idea what a keto diet is. I, then I'll also explain it. Um, otherwise, I hope you are doing well. Thank you for tuning in. Quickly, if you haven't left me a review, if you haven't reviewed this podcast, I would love it if you did. I don't think I've had a review for ages. I actually probably should have checked before I started recording this, but I'd love to leave a review. So if you're on your podcast app, just scroll to the bottom, see ratings and review, leave me a wee rating. That would be fabulous. Um, otherwise, I am recording this on a Tuesday afternoon and after, to be honest, a couple of nights of just all of my children waking up at different times. Um, it's, I mean, sleeping is definitely harder when you, you have three small children all with their own stuff like it's I'm, my kids are actually good sleepers so they settle fine but like you know my son woke up at midnight and then uh luna woke up at i don't know three and then rainbow woke up at four and then like all for genuine things uh but yeah bit bit tired today not gonna lie um but we've just coming to the end of some holidays so we went away and if you are in Great Britain and listening to this, we've had wonderful weather. I've, it's, it's been flipping glorious. I've got a tan. I've been wearing shorts. So that has been super delightful. Um, I have also uh, just been working with clients and doing geeky things. I started off my week this week, Monday morning, yesterday, uh, jiggling the gills and going through a stool test results, which was fascinating with um, a client and there was a parasite there and maybe some bacterial overgrowth and signs of leaky gut or intestinal permeability. Super fascinating. I love running stool tests on people because um, this client historically had had a lot of digestive issues and currently there was a couple of things going on, but it wasn't like their main thing they were coming to move. There was, you know, there was some like, mm, my digestion's not amazing, but it wasn't like the main problem. But there's just was a lot of gut work to do. So I always spend quite a lot of time in between, like in my clients' programs, even when we're not having our consults or voxering together, regularly just researching and going through their unique data and creating the program based on what their body is saying. Um, and that is always the most effective way. It's the way that you get the quickest results, not just by going out there and being like, oh, I read that this was good for your gut health. Oh, I'll just take sauerkraut. Oh, I'll start sauerkraut because it's good for my gut health. You might feel worse on sauerkraut if you have histamine overgrowth and activity going on and Klebsiella and all of that sort of stuff going on in your gut, which is why that personalized approach is so much more effective, speedy, 
and awesome. So anyway, that's how I start off my week. And then I um, have just been doing clients. I am taking on new clients. A couple of people have been asking, been like, oh, you've been full. I've been slowly just coming out of postpartum maternity leave. And as of August, mid-August, I'm actually increasing my hours. I've probably only been working a small amount of hours um, the last little while, but I'll be increasing them in August because we're going to get a bit more childcare. Um, so I am taking on new clients right now. Um, I would love to work with you if you are ready to commit to your health and see some results in just a couple of weeks. Like seriously, I was chatting with a client and uh, her main thing was around her energy and also a little bit of weight loss. And um, we were just chatting about um, the progress she made, the weight she was losing, the energy she was starting to find again. Um, she'd cut out sugar from her diet, like she's just doing phenomenally. So I am working with clients. If you want to know about how to work with me, go to keziahall.com forward slash, or actually I can't remember what the font is. Just go to keziahall.com and it's really obvious. There's a thing that says work with me. Click on that and then you can book a call in and we can find out how it would work. But I probably, um, with my hours increasing and some childcare, hooray, I will probably be able to take on a good chunk more clients in the coming months, which I'm really excited about. And when you work with me, we run labs, we'll run several tests. You like, I, I will be spending my Monday mornings going through your poo test, guys. I mean, I get excited about that. You maybe don't. You probably just get excited about waking up and having energy and having a flat belly and healthy hormones and clear skin and enjoying getting dressed and having no food drama. That That's probably what you're excited about. I, I get excited about the geeky stuff. So keziahall.com, just click the open page. You can DM me, you can email me at keziahall.com at kezi if you have any questions. And basically we would just chat on the phone and find out if it's a good fit. There's no pressure from me. It's not like a high sales environment where it's like, get your credit card out now. No, like, no, no. We're going to just chat, find out what's going on with your health and find out if you're ready for this kind of commitment and investment in your health. Um, because it is, it is a commitment. And um, my clients see amazing results because they are like, yes, I am in for this. I am showing up for myself. I am sick of feeling rubbish. I'm ready to do something about it. So anyway, I would love to work with you. Um, so that's a little bit of what's been going on there. Otherwise, um, life has been just trucking along. And actually, it's been hard the last couple of weeks. I'm, I know I'm so bright and breezy on the podcast. So I don't want to give the false impression that, you know, my, my life is just perfect and I'm just happy all the time. No, I've been finding the whole having three kids under three and newborn twins and a two-year-old, nearly three-year-old, uh, hard, like just parenting and the tantruming and the screaming and the crying and the teething. One of them got their first little tooth, so she's been sad, which is totally understandable. And the sleeping... And the, the just juggling that I really want to work. I love my job. I love what I do. I love having this impact on people. I, I, I'm so passionate about it. But also being like, should I be with my babies all the time? But I also don't want to. In the whole mum working, balancing thing. I've just been finding that hard. Feeling like I'm, yeah, not doing everything perfectly. <laughs> Which I think is the crux of it. Uh, because somewhere in my little brain... I have this expectation that I need to be the best, the best mum and the best holistic nutritionist and the best wife and the best human in society. Uh, and actually, that is what I'm currently unpicking in my brain. So there's been some cries, there's been some angry runs, 
Uh, yeah, but I'm feeling okay. I'm just kind of, I now just give myself permission to feel however I feel and flow through it and be okay with it. And that's just the way it is. So this isn't a woe is me. I'm not looking for pity. I'm not looking for advice actually either, but I've just wanted to be real with you in case you have gotten into your head that somehow my life is uh, hunky-dory. I mean, it it is in many ways, but my mind can be a hard place to be. Having tiny kids can be tricky. Having people scream in your face all day. It's, I mean, there's, there's other things I'd rather do, let's be honest. So yeah, there we go. There's highs, there's lows, there's sleep deprivation, there's joy at my client's work, there's poo tests. That can be my general summary. But before I ramble, oh, just hit the mic, apologies. Um, uh, let's get on with today's show. I'm interrupting my own podcast to let you know that I work with people on a one-to-one private basis about all this stuff that I talk about on the podcast. So if you are struggling and you've been struggling with your symptoms for years, you've been bloated and tired for a long time. If your hormones have been awful and your period's unpleasant and your skin horrible and all of these different things that you've been struggling with and you've tried the going gluten-free, the testing, the supplements, the personal training, the meditation, the all the things and are still not making the progress you want to make then chances are you need someone to help you. I'm a holistic nutritionist. I help women who are fed up of feeling crap and I use the years of training and experience to apply the science as well as the support and accountability to give you the results you want in a couple of months. And guys, this isn't just chat. My clients see phenomenal shifts in their bellies and their hormones and their brains and their energy and their sleep. It's so amazing how much your body wants you to be well, but often we just don't know what that is. And that is what my job is. I help you to navigate all the different aspects, the food, the supplements, the nutrition, the lab tests, the lifestyle changes so that you can feel the way that you want to feel every day. You don't have to wake up feeling tired and groggy. You don't have to hate getting dressed. You don't have to feel overwhelmed about what to eat. You don't have to have horrible periods and be in a lot of pain. You can actually see things shift. That's what the science says and that's what my experience with clients has shown me. So I would love to help you. If you want to know more, head to Kezio hall.com and click the work with me button and book in your call to talk with me and we can get started on your own unique and personalized program soon okay otherwise let's get back to the show we are talking about the ketogenic diet because if you've been on the internet at all you'll you'll know it's quite the thing it's, it's quite the fashion when it comes to um food very weird that we even have fashions when it comes to food that kind of tells you how effed up our relationship with food can be oh it's fashionable to eat this way when I mean you could just summarize this whole episode with you should eat in the way that works best for your body essentially not on what is the latest fatty thing anyway So what we're talking about today is I'm going to go into detail of, first of all, what the ketogenic diet is, or often it just gets called keto, like I'm keto, are you keto, that kind of thing, K-E-T-O. 
the key to change diet. We'll talk about what that is, a bit, a little bit of its history, history lesson of the, the origins of it. Um, we'll talk about should we all be doing it. I'm going to share with you my experience of trying the ketogenic diet out. Yes, I've tried it, although it was actually a long time ago, but I've given everything a bash at least once, guys. <laughs> I'll talk about my experience and then I'll talk about what I like about it. And then I'll talk about what I don't like about it and where I would maybe use this clinically with clients. What kind of considerations that, that you can um, know? Okay, because there is um, essentially some types of people's an issue that that could be helpful for. Um, and there's obviously people that it's a disaster for. Spoiler alert, for me, it was a disaster. <laughs> and I thought this would be a nice follow on from my intermittent fasting. I talked in the last episode a little bit about intermittent fasting and under eating because keto often goes hand in hand with intermittent fasting. So the typical thing is you go low carb, high fat, and then you don't eat breakfast, you skip breakfast, you drink coffee, you put butter in it or oil in it, and then you intermittent fast until midday and then you'll eat. And then that's kind of, those things often go together hand in hand. Um, and that's kind of why I thought this would be good to talk about just, and also people often ask, clients often ask. And so I just want to share with you my approach, my thoughts on it, and a little bit of history of it. So first of all, what is it? The ketogenic diet is a very high fat, moderate protein and low carbohydrate diet. It's not just a low carbohydrate diet. You have to also have high fat. Typically, you in order to, in order to in order to get into nutritional ketosis, which is often the goal of the ketogenic diet, is getting your body into this physiological state of nutritional ketosis, where your body starts producing ketones, and you use ketones as your source of fuel. So of a back step and how the body works, you we need fuel for our bodies. Um, and the two sources of fuel that your body will use is glucose and ketones. Glucose is primarily what most people will be using as their energy source because it's so much easier to burn sugar and use sugar and consume sugar than it is to for your to get your body to create its own ketones. And your body will start to create its own ketones or enter the state of nutritional ketosis when you are eating high amounts of fat and when your carbohydrate intake is typically lower than 50 grams of um, carbohydrates a day. Now, if you are someone that knows a lot about the ketogenic diet, you'll know a little bit about net um, uh, carbs and I count for fiber and all of those kinds of things, but that's generally how it goes. So it's important. Ketogenic diet means you're eating a lot of fats. So a lot of oils, coconut butter, avocado, um, oily fish, nuts, seeds. Typically, it would be things like also dairy, cream, butter, that kind of thing. So eating a high amount of fat, typically maybe about 60 to 70% of your of all your um, food intake in the day would be high in fat. And then you would have moderate amounts of protein. So you don't want too much protein because both protein and carbohydrates um create glucose. So obviously you eat a carbohydrate, whether it be fruit, whether it be a chocolate bar, whether it be a piece of bread, that's a carbohydrate that gets broken down and becomes glucose in your blood. Protein, although slower, does actually go through gluconeogenesis where you take protein, you break it down, and it actually also becomes um, can become glucose in the blood as well. It's just a much slower process, which is why a steak often fills you up for longer than a piece of toast. Both actually become glucose in the blood, but protein is a slower process. 
So those are the food sources that create this gluconeogenesis, this glucocreation in the bloodstream, and that's how you drive your fuel. But fat doesn't do that. Fat does not trigger that process. It doesn't trigger trigger an insulin response. And so if you eat enough fat, you kind of force... And if you eat enough fat and... and um, avoid carbohydrates, really restrict your carbohydrates, you force your body to create a new type of fuel, which are ketones, hence the name ketogenic diet. A little bit of the history, if you back up the most, uh, probably the well-known version of this would be like the Atkins diet from like the 90s or the 80s or whenever it is that that came out. When that when um, the Atkins diet first came about, it was from a, I think it was a doctor, Dr. Atkins, that first came about with that. And we often typically thought of that as, um, you know, bacon and cream and butter and um, people just eating tons of cheese I remember growing up there was all these like dieting shows of like how to lose weight and they got people on the show all to follow a different diet and one guy was following this Atkins diet and so like honestly he just ate like a block of cheese every day um and he got into ketosis and he lost weight but his breath stank stank and it, like some of the stuff that he ate was like cheese bacon he was really into cheese. He just ate a lot of cheese and it was not a very healthy diet um, long term at all. But that's typically, that's kind of the roots of the ketogenic diet. It was also, it's also been used historically and still is to this day for um, dealing with people with epilepsy. So that's kind of tradition, that's real roots of a more, um, if you're using it more clinically as, as a treatment, then that it, historically it was created to help, especially children with epilepsy. It was found if you had a child who was having regular seizures, if you put them on a ketogenic diet, it can really help with that. So it has actually some really good clinical basis. There's actually some really good research around it. More commonly now, as we're recording this, the ketogenic diet is um, not as much just like butter and bacon. It's um, become a bit more whole food. It's being um there is a way of doing a ketogenic diet that is actually very whole food based a lot of people following it are not having dairy so they're not just eating tons of cream and cheese they are including vegetables even though most vegetables are carbohydrates um there is a healthy way of doing it but also there's a really unhealthy way of doing it like what was i in the supermarket the other day and it was like keto bars which is just like tons of artificial sweeteners and tons of like protein and poor quality fats but technically you know, it was processed junk food, but it was high fat and lower carb. Therefore, it was keto. So that's a little bit about what it is and a bit of its history. So it started off very clinical, used actually by doctors to help with kids um, with epilepsy and is very effective for that still. It still gets used to this day. Um, uh, also, we have the more popularized version. This or like the first time this was in fashion was when it was the Atkins diet. And that was very much like bacon and cream and a lot of dairy products and a lot of animal products primarily for that. And now in this iteration, this fashion return of it um, is a bit more of a different blend. Um, there's, a, there's a bit more kind of balance to it. So that's a little bit of what it is, but it's essentially very low carbohydrate, moderate protein, not actually too much protein. That's kind of sometimes where the Atkins thing went wrong. It was just a lot of protein. And it's worth saying with the Atkins diet, it's actually been completely revisited. In term, if you go and followed quote-unquote the Atkins diet right now it's very much changed to what it was 20-25 years ago so it it doesn't um, promote the same things that it did then just to say so I'm not bashing that at all um, and that's a little bit of um, history of it all and it's currently very fashionable and I'm wondering if it's actually just that backlash of 
you know, being told the nonsense for, what, 50 years that, you know, being encouraged to eat a low-fat diet, that message is finally <laughs> seeping into people's consciousness and the food industry is finally cottoning on that people actually generally agree that we shouldn't be eating low-fat diets, you know, that avocados, you know, we shouldn't be counting the caloric intake of the caloric amount of avocados and other and other nonsense like that or or walnuts oh high calories there's walnuts you know um and we've maybe just swung the other way swung 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 should be a word guys but we've just swung the other way a bit too much of like oh well if fat isn't bad for you then it must be good for you so therefore I should just make my whole diet fat we have a tendency to do that as humans don't we we read about oh oh, well, I read that B12 is good for you, so I'm just going to take tons of B12 supplements. If some is good for you, then surely tons is better. No, no, that's generally not how it works. It's like, you know, when you see these other crazy diets where it's like, it's the banana diet because I read bananas are a good source of potassium, so I'm just going to eat 20 of them a day. And you're like, well, you're going to end up with like potassium poisoning, my friend. Uh, You know, but that is a tendency what we do. I noticed that myself. I I joke about it, but I I notice it. I'm like, oh, well, if exercise is good for you, then I should just exercise all the time when actually I just need to like rest and sleep and like chill out for Netflix or or the opposite. Oh no, I'm just going to meditate all the time and not exercise. No, you probably need to get off your butt and like move a bit. So that's a little bit about what it is. Um, there's lots of different approaches. As I say, you can do a really whole food keto approach. You can do a very junk food keto approach. It's a bit bit like veganism. You can have a really healthy vegan diet in terms of whole foods. You're really careful that you're eating enough protein. You're making sure you're eating enough healthy fats. You're not just being a carbitarian or, you know, a carbon, which is often what I um, think of as it's really easy to be a vegan and just eat loads of carbs and therefore have uh, blood sugar um, imbalances. And that's often sometimes why uh, not everyone, but some people, if they've been vegan for a while, can find they start to lose energy or gain weight, um, especially around the middle. Anyway, side note, we're talking about keto here, not vegan. So that's a little bit of it, of what it is. And the, so the question is, should we all be doing it? And I mean, the simple answer is, it depends. And probably not. <laughs> I would, no, I'm going to go through it. I'm going to go through the people that I think it could potentially be helpful for and the people that should like avoid it like the plague, essentially. But I want to share with you my experience. So this is probably about, it was definitely probably just as I started my postgraduate. So what, five years ago? I, you know, always reading about research, was uh, reading about research, reading about nutrition and research. And I was just looking specifically into blood sugar and came across this whole um, ketogenic approach, which I'd only really heard of when it came to dealing with epilepsy and brain cancer and those kinds of things. Um, and I just kind of read, was reading a lot how carbohydrates can be really um unhelpful and cause a lot of blood sugar imbalances. I'd read about intermittent fasting. I'd read some of the papers and the research about all this great benefits of it. And so I tried, um, so I went to ketogenic and I actually probably was trying and in that, trying to be in that nutritional ketosis and kind of cycling in and out of um, nutritional ketosis for a good, maybe nine months or a year. Um, And I don't think it did me good, but it, it was it just took me a while to realize that it wasn't great for me. 
But I was still actually in that, although I was doing it for health reasons based on research, I was kind of experimenting also, to be honest. I was just like, well, I wonder if I'll feel better doing this. I did get a bit sucked in and locked into that dieting mentality of, oh, oh, well, if this isn't working for me, I just need to do it better and stricter and harder. Whereas actually, I just don't think it worked. Like it just wasn't a great idea. And some of that was, as I'll go on to tell you, I didn't have any of the reasons for going in. I didn't have the right reasons for doing it. Like it wouldn't have been awesome. Like I had a bit of a sluggish thyroid. My energy was poor. I did suspect my blood sugar, my insulin was a little bit out of balance. So that was a good outcome of it. I did feel like my insulin became more balanced through that time. So that was good. But at the time I was doing that, I was eating very high carbohydrate and I was tracking it as well. So I knew that I was having like, I don't know, 60 grams, I think, of fat a day and you know, and I even bought a ketone monitor so I could check when I was in nutritional ketosis. Um, and so I was just doing that. Some of it was an experiment. And then after a couple of months, it probably stopped being an experiment and became more of like a, oh, I got a bit sucked into this should work for me because the research says it should work as opposed to this. Does this work for me? How do I feel? And those are two very different things. This should work for me. And if it's not working for me, I should do it harder and or stricter or whatever. It isn't the right approach, actually. It should be, is this working for my body? How do I feel? Do have I made progress? Do I feel better? Am I making improvements? Those are the things you actually want to track. And if you are making progress, even if it's small and slow, even if you are feeling better, you are having more energy, then yes, keep on doing what you're doing. But if you're actually not seeing any difference through this strict eating, the way of eating, it's maybe not the right thing for you. And that doesn't mean the research is wrong. It doesn't mean there isn't benefits for some people out there. It's just maybe there's not great benefits for you. It's like, um, same with veganism. I uh, was a vegan for a couple of months. So I was recommended with it and I felt terrible. It really didn't work for me. And I got joint pain, gut issues, a whole host of stuff. But that doesn't mean it's wrong. Or in, in the future, I might have like t- periods of time where I have a more vegan diet for a little while and it feels fine. So but the most important thing is not to get really sucked into any dieting dogma, any dieting label where you're so focused on following this dieting protocol that you actually don't tune in and track and become aware of how you feel. If you are not making progress with a restrictive diet, you need to change it. It's really that simple. I have people all the time that come to me that are like, oh, I've been on the GAPS diet or the AIP diet or whatever, ketogenic diet, whatever it is, whatever restrictive eating, low FODMAP, whatever. I've been doing that for three years. And I go, okay, like, do you feel like you've made lots of progress? And they're like, no, actually things have gotten worse. I'm like, well, well, we need, we should do something different then. This isn't working for you. Just because you read about how ketogenic diet helps you to lose weight doesn't mean it's going to help you lose weight. I actually gained weight when I followed a ketogenic diet. I was probably a good three quarters of a stone heavier than what I was when I stopped doing that. Like, and I, yeah, so I gained weight and lots of people do the ketogenic diet for, because it's purported as like a good quick weight loss um, thing. But if it doesn't work for your body, if it creates inflammation in your body, you'll actually probably gain weight. 
that's just kind of the way it is. And often people will lose a large amount of weight with a ketogenic diet in the first two weeks, because if you do get into a state of nutritional ketosis, you will shed a lot of water weight. So in two weeks, depending, so say you are, I don't know, five stone overweight or whatever, in two weeks, you could easily lose like half a stone, 10 pounds, but that is not going to be body fat. That mostly is going to be water that you've peed out. Um, also with the ketogenic diet you can also get things like called keto flu because getting into that nutritional ketosis affects your electrolytes so I remember spending a lot of time feeling terrible actually as I'm recording this I'm just like why did I do that to myself I just I didn't feel great but all the stuff I read was like oh you everyone has keto flu that's normal you just got to like persevere and I I'm a determined person I can persevere through a lot of things so I just kept persevering and I remember just feeling like, oh, I think I've like gained weight. And when I eventually just stopped and I eased up and I ate more intuitively and ate carbs and didn't track things and just ate healthy whole foods, followed what felt good for my body, I felt lots better and then just lost weight. <laughs> like it was much easier. So that's my experience. So let's talk about what I like about this though, because my experience wasn't necessarily positive. It's not... Um, something I'm likely to do in the future. Although I have to say I do have a tendency because it's one of those things that I, maybe it's just because I've read a lot of research about it. I do feel like has a good evidence base. I do get drawn to time and time again. And I do suspect my blood sugars are a little bit wonky, but I think that's more to do with my stress than my carbohydrate intake. So I am generally more inclined to a lower carbohydrate diet. Um, and it's generally what I recommend to clients, but not, it's, it's, it's not common for me to recommend a ketogenic diet. In fact, I can't remember the last client that I recommended should go into nutritional ketosis. So um, what do I like about the ketogenic diet? Well, it is, again, it's got some great research. It's great for things like brain, when there's brain inflammation. So maybe you've had a car accident, you've hit your head, you've had a TBI, a traumatic brain injury. Maybe you've got epilepsy, seizures, brain cancer, there's some research around that, anything with brain inflammation, maybe you've got um, at like early diagnosed Alzheimer's, maybe even certain things like ADHD, learning difficulties, behavioral issues, sometimes a ketogenic can be really helpful. Um, and sometimes you don't necessarily need ketogenic, you just need a lower carb, which is slightly different. So ketogenic diet is when you're getting your body into nutritional ketosis. And a lot of the time you, you will do that and then you'll cycle out, add some carbs in and then um, go back into nutrition, nutritional ketosis. But um, you can also just do lower carb where that generally means people are keeping their carbs under 100 grams a day for example, but they're not necessarily nutritional ketosis. So it's really great for the brain, for often, because the brain can, can be really nourished by ketones. And so that's why some of the research around inflammation, um, epilepsy, all of that kind of stuff. It's also got some great research around any insulin resistance or type 2 diabetes. So if you've been told you're pre-diabetic, if you have been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, then going on a ketogenic diet for a while, maybe not for the rest of your life, can be a great way to reverse that and prevent that from happening if you're pre-diabetic or actually see a reversal in that diagnosis because you know type 2 diabetes is preventable um, and so and it's created essentially through lifestyle so the ketogenic diet is great for that either you have type 2 diabetes you have pre-diabetes this kind of ketogenic lower carbohydrate high fat approach can be really helpful for those so if I have a client to me that's pre-diabetic 
or I often will get my clients to check their blood sugars when we work together and they're looking high. I'm always going to be recommending not necessarily a ketogenic diet. I'm just thinking of a client right now and I'm not going to put her on a ketogenic diet because it's, she just doesn't need a diet. Like there's a lot of um, unhealthy relationships with food going on, but we are generally focusing on a more lower carbohydrate. So it's a higher fat, higher protein, lower carbohydrate diet. But those are the things that I like about it. And there is some good research on it. As well, I had a client who um, had epilepsy or was having regular seizures. It actually wasn't official epilepsy. Anyway, doesn't matter. Complicated. It was a complicated situation. And um, eating higher fat was definitely helpful for her. So that's reasons to like it. And those would all be, you know, if you're someone that has a lot of insulin resistance and this if insulin resistance if you're very overweight and maybe have five six seven eight stone extra on on your body chances are there's most certainly insulin insulin resistance just by and um, the amount of extra body weight that you have that will be driving the that kind of estrogen and leptin and insulin imbalances so that's often why ketogenic can sometimes be helpful um, to kickstart stubborn weight loss as well. Um, if Especially if you are more on the very overweight size and uh, you're looking to shift your weight. I wouldn't say it's the most sustainable thing, but it can really help kickstart. And, you know, in the right situation could be helpful for that. So those are things that I like. So diabetes insulin resistance. It's great for regulating your leptin and ghrelin, which are like your hunger hormones. It can be really helpful for things like PCOS. There's some great research around that. Basically, met, often a lot of metabolic issues. So PCOS, in, uh, diabetes, type 2 diabetes, insulin resistance, as well as the brain. Those are kind of good categories to think of it. It's great for the metab for certain metabolic things. It's great for the brain because your brain can feel really nourished on ketones. So like if I had an injury to the head, um, today, I would probably spend the next couple of weeks, definitely the next couple of days following on a very high fat, very low carbohydrate diet. And I'd add in a lot more MCT oils and those kind of things to really ramp up my ketone production to really help nourish my brain. And I'd, and I'd have probably some bits of glucose to help my brain recover as well. But um, that would be my approach there. So that is why I like it. And that is why I have used it with clients and in my clinical practice. Um, because it can be really useful. Um, and reasons that I don't like it, the, probably the biggest reason is it, it, it's still very diety and fatty. It's, it is often very much approached like a diet. And that was my experience, even though I was actually more coming at it from a curious nutritional, oh, I wonder how I feel perspective. Oh, the research is really interesting. I ended up getting trapped and caught into a dieting mentality and really just um, paying more attention to the dieting dogma and the structure than I was actually to my body and how I felt. That's an es that's the essence of all the why diets don't work. They encourage you to listen to the formula, the structure, the dieting layout more than listening and discovering and gathering data on your own body. That's why they don't work. So it's, it can be very diety for a lot of people. It's also not that sustainable, um, and that's problematic as well. I do think for a lot of the time, if if I am ever recommending a ketogenic diet with clients, I'll always do kind of carb cycling with it, especially if you're a woman. Um, so you maybe twice a week would be having higher amounts of carbs and coming out of nutritional ketosis, and um, to, to help with sleep and hormones and those kinds of things. Um, but overall, just eating very low fat, uh, sorry, very high fat and low carbohydrates can just get difficult from a social perspective and eating out. There's only so much like 
steak and salad that you can eat when eating out. And I would generally recommend if someone is following a ketogenic diet to do a dairy-free, whole foods, gluten-free version um, because uh, just eating tons of cream and cheese is not a great idea. Like a, 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 it is not healthy to be on a ketogenic diet and just eating bacon and cream. Like, no, that is going to make you feel horrendous and your breath will stink. Um, and that's that's what I don't like about it is people often go, oh, well, it's it's high fat, low carb. Therefore, I can eat it instead of going, is this a good quality food? Is this nutrient dense? Has this got macronutrients? Is this processed? Is this a whole food? I like a whole food based keto approach and often a whole food dairy free keto approach if you're going to do it. So I don't and I don't like how unsustainable it feels for a lot of people. Um, also, what I don't like about it is that often people, unless they're really educated and well versed in the nutritional aspects, often people eat a lot of they eat a lot of uh, mono or polyunsaturated fats or trans fats or hydrogenated fats. They, they uh, basically they eat a lot of inflammatory fats, which can actually and that's kind of what I did inadvertently. I was eating a lot of saturated fats, coconut oil, butter. Um, that kind of thing. But I was also probably eating, I used to make a bread made out of linseeds that was probably high in more inflammatory fats. And that's, it's really easy to end up eating more problematic fats. Also, I don't like it because some people will just dive into keto without doing any of the basics, any of the foundations. So if you just dive into ketogenic without, uh, the ketogenic diet without dealing with your gut, chances are you might feel sick because you don't, a lot of people I work with don't digest fats well. So they start the ketogenic diet and they just feel nauseous and their poo's weird and Oh, it's, it's horrible because actually they've not dealt with their digestion and most of the time the ketogenic diet isn't a gut protocol. It's not specifically going to help with your gut. So you've got to be really good at digesting your fats in order to actually just be on the diet. I am thankfully never had a problem with digesting fats. That was an issue for me, but it's been a lot of my clients' experience before they've worked with me. So I don't like it for that reason. And there's a lot of processed foods now. It, it Often, again, like any dieting label, whether it's gluten-free, veganism, low FODMAP, Weight Watchers, whatever it is, it's kind of like, oh, if it's got the right dietary label, then it must be good for me. And that's not the case. Like there's so much processed vegan food, so much processed gluten-free food, and now there's so much processed keto food that's not nutrient dense. It actually could drive inflammation in your body and make you feel worse, not better. Um, I... It's also also not all that helpful for your thyroid health, Jeremy, especially if you're trying to do intermittent fasting with it. Ugh, no, you're going to feel terrible. I also found it's not that great for hormones. So when I was going through this, my cycle got much more regular. I actually stopped when I started to have spotting in my cycle. So spotting is when you get little spots of blood before you actually start the bleeding part of your period. And that's not a good sign. That's not normal. That means there's some imbalance of hormones going on. When that started to happen with my cycle, I'd already had some cycle irregularity and then the spotting happened. I was just like, no, I've never struggled with this before. No. And it was actually my cycle becoming less healthy that made me just realize, actually, Kezia, what are you doing? <laughs> this is not good for you. And I stopped. And then as soon as I started eating more carbs, my cycle regulated and was totally fine. So not that great for... Um, your cycle necessarily, unless maybe you have that PCOS, you know, insulin resistance going on. Also, it wouldn't be what I'd recommend if you're kind of planning on getting pregnant anytime soon. I would like from a fertility perspective, unless again, you know, there's that PCOS thing. It's not, wouldn't be my first go-to dietary 
strategy for that. I also don't really like it for, um, again, people think of it as a quick fix for weight loss. I gained weight doing it. Um, and often people might lose half a stone starting it and of water weight just from getting a nutritional ketosis and then they just kind of get stuck. So it's not a quick fix and often people think it is. So that's what I don't like about it, which is quite, quite a lot of things, but I'm not actually adverse to it as a dietary approach at all. I think it can be really helpful. There is some great evidence for it, but just because there's great evidence for it and it's really popular doesn't mean it's right for your body. And it's really important that before you dive into any of these like cool, like nutritional strategies, intermittent fasting or ketogenic diet or veganism or whatever it is, like, you know, you make these big overhauls, please do yourself a favor and just get the basics down first. First of all, get rid of refined sugars, reduce your intake of that. That's a great place to start. Second, focus on getting good quality sleep. Next, I'm just going through foundations here, basic foundations that people often skip because they are boring and they want to like dive into the next cool strategy. And honestly, the basics will get you so far. Sleeping, reducing refined sugar, eating good amount of vegetables and fruits, adding in more quality food, adding in more protein, adding in more fats, eating three proper meals a day, breakfast, lunch and dinner, making sure you're doing something to manage your stress each day. Um, balancing your blood sugar, really huge. Like these are basic things that most people aren't doing. And then they just dive into these really extreme approaches when actually maybe you just needed to like eat a bit more food and have three meals a day. Like that's, maybe that's all you needed. You didn't need a keto diet. You just needed to like stop eating your feelings with sugar and numbing out and you just need to go to bed a bit earlier. Like research, the research around sleep is even more so than the keto diet. So if you are wanting to approach and look at this and consider this and go, is this right for me? Feel free. You can DM me on Instagram or send me an email at admin at keziahall.com. Um, but first of all, only consider this if you feel like you've got the basics down or if you're like, oh yeah, Kezia, I, I do have some brain inflammation. I do have seizures. I do have, you know, those other things. This could be a great fit to try. And ideally try and work with someone through this and work with me, work with somebody else um, to see if it's maybe appropriate. I'd probably say like at the moment it becomes very fashionable, almost like everybody should do this. Whereas in reality, I think probably like, I don't know, 15% of people, it might really be really helpful, but rest of us could get a long way with just the foundations and also don't forget I have my fast belly methodology that's a great four-part set of foundations so if you haven't listened to the fast methodology um podcasts do that because if you're like oh Kezia how do I apply the basics those are some great foundations of feeling your feelings adding in more whole foods stress and sugar uh, sorry sleep and sugar and um, taking charge of insulin that's the fast methodology that is great foundations do not attempt doing the ketogenic diet until you have applied those things okay i hope that's been helpful feel free to let me know any questions that you have otherwise i'll speak to you soon bye the show do make sure you go head over and leave me a review and as a reminder i am taking on new clients right now and i would love to work with you if you want to create more energy wake up feeling good have a fatter belly improve digestion more balanced happy awesome hormones that just make you feel juicy and not awful 
then get in touch. I have helped thousands of people. This is what I'm trained and qualified to do. And I would love to work with you. So I'm taking on new clients. If you don't know how long that will be, but head to keziahall.com, click on the work with me page, read all, read all about it. <laughs> Sorry, it just makes me think of that. Read all about it and book in your call, get in touch, email me. Okay. So keziahall.com, click the work with me page and let's get started soon. Okay. Sending you lots of love. Bye.